This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. Brought to you by your friends at FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week, even when the government shut down. Right. We keep working. We do. But I feel, I feel bad for our friends that work in government jobs and they haven't gotten a paycheck in a month. That's mm-hmm. pretty crappy. Right. That's not that's not a good thing. We should just do a whole show on politics. We should not do personal, that. Personal, our personal, our opinions. personal opinions, and then we can talk about religion, mm-hmm. sexuality, and all and kinds why of good stuff. Yours is wrong. That's <laughs> right. That's a good podcast right there. But the thing is, if I wanted that, I'd just go onto my Facebook feed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then see a bunch of uninformed, loud opinions. There's a lot going on. Isn't that just the uh, Warhammer community Facebook page? Um, no, their their Facebook page is actually pretty reasonable most of the time. But they have good moderators, that's for sure. They do, they do. Yeah. So on that topic, thank the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Uh, our last shipment was finally released from customs after sitting there for almost a month. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Yep. And again, uh, anybody who's been waiting on a mat, thank you for your patience. It was totally out of our hands, but we finally got our shipment, thank goodness. So now on top of getting ready for the LVO, we have to catch up on three weeks of back orders. Yes. No rest for the wicked, baby. Mm-hmm. No rest for the wicked. So, and again, we want to send a heartfelt uh, um, sympathy to people who are being affected by the shutdown. And uh, that's crazy that people have been working that long without a paycheck. It's not not fair. Uh, but to those of you who are working hard without getting paid, uh, we're sorry and thank you because uh, the economy needs it. And we understand personally. Yeah, it's really impacted a lot of a lot of people. But um, anyway, you don't watch Signals from the Frontline to listen to American political climate. Mm-mm. So let's go ahead and move on to something that's really cool. Big robots. Big robots and nasty night lords. Yeah. So uh, 30K, new models on the way, which is awesome. Just saw those on the Warhammer community page in the last couple of days. They have released some really new, really cool uh, Night Lord's Praetors, one's in uh, Power Armor, one's in Terminator Armor. Mm-hmm. And of course, a new Night Lord's Leviathan Dreadnought, which looks absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to have to pick one of those up. Anybody who listens to this show knows that my favorite Legion is the Night Lord's. They are too cool. Uh, just They just look rad. Well, the cool thing is you can use these models in 40K. You can. I mean, well. some of their war gear and stuff doesn't translate over, but it's not a big deal. No. The, the miniatures are absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Love them. And then, of course, we also have the Blood Angels in Carmine. What are they called? I don't know if they just made that unit up. I don't remember reading about Scroll them. Scroll up. Yeah, no. They, they, they're, um, they're, the, the special, they're a special Terminator unit. Scroll up a little bit. It's called the... It's here. We, no, um, it's up there right there. It's called the Crimson Paladins. Yeah. That's what it is. And uh, in their little like fluff blurb, they're supposed to be the most elite Blood Angels unit mm-hmm. since the last most elite Blood Angels unit. Yes. They just keep up in the, the most elite of the elite. You know, what, the elite. you know what it reminds me of? Inception. This is like the third season of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. When it's even more awesome. I'm always just surprised when I see new 30K models. I'm like, oh, well, it's a game still. Yeah. It is still a game. You know. And then there's a new Admech super big Titan vehicle mm-hmm. thing. It's the Architeus. I'm sure I said that wrong. Um, the uh, Ordnatus Architeus. Actually, Actrate. I think it's just Arcteus. Arcteus. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But it's pretty cool. It's like a giant termite drill. It causes like seismic waves and it can deliver people into combat. Uh, very, very cool. Lovely model. Mm-hmm. Probably ginormous. So make sure to take a look at those. Pick them up uh, from Forge World if you are so inclined to do. Mm-hmm. And I will probably be picking up some of those <laughs> Nightlords models because they are really, really cool. Yeah. We also have some new GW pre-orders up this week. Some fun stuff, including some new Adeptus Titanicus units, uh, a new Reaver Battle Titan with some new weapon options. Very, very cool. And two brand new Shadespire Warbands, Molog's Mob and God the Godsworn Hunt. Uh, this is a um, uh, Gloomspite Gits uh, mob and a uh, Oathsworn mob, which is really cool. 
And as we talked about last week, it's looking more and more likely that we'll probably see an Oathsworn faction in Age of Sigmar, mm -hmm. which that just hits all the right buttons for me because it's basically like an army of like Conan the Barbarians. Yeah, they could easily do a lot of different units for something like that. Like they could have like, you know, archers on like the, the big wolves or something like that. You know what I mean? Like really make them like natural themed. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. You know, that's, we're seeing more and more of these. We had a couple individual models now this warband. Yeah, it looks amazing. So now we have quite a bit of uh, Godsworn units out there. And of course, Molog's Mob too. Both these are, are usable in Age of Sigmar. Yeah. I love it. Uh, if they do come out with an Oathsworn um, faction, like I could see them replacing Marauders in the uh, Chaos or the Slaves to Darkness line. Mm -hmm. Because the, the Marauder Horsemen still look good, but the other Marauders, they look like S&M, like bondage daddies. You know, like not, not the best look. You know, maybe not. Some people might like it, but it's not really to my taste. Whereas the Godsworn Hunt, they look like, you know, barbarians from the, the, the Germanic tribes in the Dark mm -hmm. Ages or something. I, I love it. I think yeah. they look fantastic. And uh, I will definitely be picking some of those up if that is a faction that rolls out. But it seems likely that that will occur. I love it. Some of the uh, models in that uh, warband actually look... Like, like they stepped right out of Conan the Barbarian. Right. Um, it's definitely an aesthetic that they're going for. Yeah. One of the guy's helmets, I, it's like from the movie. Yeah. I love it. So very, very cool, exciting stuff for Age of Sigmar. Can't wait to see more about that. Uh, can't wait to just finish my stupid Beast of Chaos. Someday. No, it's I haven't touched them since LVO prep went hardcore. No. But after the LVO, when we have a chance to rest, we'll definitely get back into it because we're all pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> Been going hard. Uh, but then in other news, GW previewed the new uh, beta bolter discipline rule. Um, very exciting, caused quite a hubbub uh, in the internet community um, for, for various silly reasons. So it, it was funny, the first email I got was, can I use these for my Sisters of Battle at the LVL? I'm like, well, it doesn't even apply to Sisters of Battle. Yeah. Uh, it does not give you four shots. Uh, a lot of people misread it. Mm -hmm. What it does is it allows you to double tap at maximum range for Adeptus Astartes and Heretic Astartes, Space Marines, Chaos Space Marines only. <clears throat> if you hold still, double tap at max range. If you're a bike or a Terminator or a Centurion, you always uh, double tap at all range, even yeah. if you move. So it's really, really good. What this, this, this is a response to people saying, you know, regular Chaos Space Marines, regular Space Marines are pretty lackluster right now. So GW listened to what you had to say and they rolled this out. And then of course, immediately people are like, well, why didn't I get this? For my Adeptus Custodes, they're plenty good. Like They're already really good, yeah. Like, they don't need the help. Yeah, and it was hilarious. People were like, Custodes aren't very good. They need it. I'm like, go look at the data. They're winning events. Like, they're doing great. Mm -hmm. Adeptus Custodes don't need any help at all right no. now. Their, their basic Custode infantryman is better than a Grey Knight Paladin. It's better than part. most yeah. characters in mm -hmm. most armies. So, uh, you know, from a fluff perspective, I get it. They're supposed to be the best of the best of the best. Mm -hmm. But um, this, this rule is to help, you know, regular power armor dudes, and it does a lot. Um, and Sisters of Battle, uh, it doesn't apply to them, but mm -hmm. they have so much other cool stuff. That, in my opinion, it's not a big deal. Right. However, in playtesting, what we found is it's a really, really big boost. It's great, especially with things like veteran intercessors, which, by the way, if you're a Space Marine player and you're not, trying veteran intercessors you're doing yourself a disservice they're excellent absolutely phenomenal unit um, and it allows you to use things like the uh, rapid fire 2 stratagem which is incredible out to max range if you hold still and in testing we really found that bikers especially benefit <coughs> massively from this mm -hmm. uh, scout bikers who are already a gem in the space marine codex are even better now and uh, regular bikers get a huge boost in terminators like for chaos space marines um, if you wanted to take a unit of like 10 Terminators, which before you laugh and fall out of your chair, um, uh, 10 Terminators can deep strike or just start on the table if you are so inclined and double tap at max range. And if you use Veterans of the Long War, give them the Marcus Slanesh and you double shoot, it's devastating. It's really, really strong, particularly if you have, you know, a full reroll or a nearby um, to, to really crank up that damage. It's really, really good. And Chaos Terminators are cheap. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, it's a very viable uh, way to play them. Uh, if you're out there, like, you know, you want to use Terminators like me and like most people that play 40K, um, this is a way to, to, to make them more appealing. Whether or not you think it's worth it, you know, that's up to you. In my experience, I found it to be really, really good, especially 
uh, for those lesser seen units. And uh, Centurions, uh, if you wanted to, to, to try something different and fun, uh, a full unit of Centurions with uh, Hurricane Bolters and uh, Heavy Bolters, it's really devastating. They have so many so many shots, especially if they're backed up by like G-Man. Um, it's pretty devastating. You have a, an Apothecary, chase them around, healing them, bringing them back to life. It's really good. Yeah, Terminators and Centurions both got a boost um, without anything else. No change in point costs. Yeah. No change in stats. They just automatically got better. Yeah. You know. So bear in mind, there's a lot of confusion about this. Like this rule isn't even out. This was a preview, right? Like it, I believe it's coming out in the White Dwarf. Uh, you can go read the article in Warhammer Community. They'll let you know. Uh, but this is not in effect for the LVO. The cutoff for new rules materials was uh, the eighth of last month. So uh, don't you know? Don't come to the LVO and try and use it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's not in effect. We're locked in for this event this year, but uh, it's going to be really, really. It's going to be a great benefit for uh, MEQs uh, when the when it does roll out. Uh, and a lot of people were asking like, when is this ITC legal? It'll be legal for the ITC as soon as the rule is published. It comes out. Um, and again, I think it's in the White Dwarf. Uh, but for the LVO, no. But if you're playing in an event, you know maybe the weekend of the LVO, you can't make it or whatever, and this this rules out. Feel free to use it, but uh, always just check with your TO first. Um, you don't want to just make an assumption. Pretty cool, what? Yep. Yeah, I think this is gonna make a big, big difference for Space Marines. And for me personally, um, I've been playing pretty much only my Ultramarines lately, mm -hmm. and I've been doing really well. I swept our league, uh, went five and zero, beat Frankie in the, to, for our pod. He done, he done goofed. Yeah, Frankie just, I don't even know. He always says that against you anyways. Yeah, he, I mean, Frankie's an exceptional yeah. player. He honestly, I think right now, like on a technical level, he's better, a better player than I am. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've whooped him the last couple of times we played. Um, and it was really interesting. It bears mentioning, I suppose, because the new, uh, the points drops in chapter approved were huge for Space Marines. Like my, my list that I took uh, top 16 at, um, I got 15th place at the Nova Open. Mm -hmm. It was my same list, but with like two extra units. Um, I swapped out my Honor Guard for the Vicatrix Honor Guard. Those guys are awesome. Basically, you just have like a big moving circle. Yeah. That goes around Gilliland and is re-rolling all hits and wounds. <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah. I just, played, yeah. you and I played too, because we were all in the same league and, or the same pod in our league. And again, like we've been saying, um, if you have a local, if you have a, like a decent community in your area, get a league going. You can get ITC points and it's just fun. It, it, it generates community. It gets people communicating with each other. It's a blast. Like league play is probably one of my besides tournaments. It's my second favorite way to play organized 40k, and then narrative campaigns are super duper fun too. Although we haven't had a time to do one of those in quite a while, but um, you know, you got to play against my list, and Jason, you're playing the Castle and Astra Militarum like mm -hmm. dick punch list. It's really good, um, and you got to see the new Marines, and it's they're pretty yeah. devastating. <clears throat> they are, yeah. It's um. No, I don't know what you know what to say. I mean, you've talked about your list quite a bit. Um, What's it, it's just space frames. I think people are not playing them correctly. I think so. There's a couple things that you need to key in on, and I think you're doing it correctly in, in that you're you're taking the best units from the codex and then giving them the boost, unnecessary boost sometimes. I feel uh, the full hit and reroll bubble of Gilliman, which is devastating. It is. Combine that with a couple of little tricks like the banner, um, the mortal wound pumping outs from the uh, the devastator cherubs, that kind of stuff. Um, or not the cherubs, the uh, the stratagem. Yeah. For Hellfire rounds. Yeah, it's just really good. And then I think with the Bolter uh, Bolter discipline, it makes Intercessors just that much better as well. Because now you have a, a squad of five guys pumping out 10 shots. Oh, 20. Uh, they can do 20 shots. 20 shots, that's yeah. right, at, uh, at full range with a, an AP1 weapon. Yeah. That's great. It's really good. You put them in cover, and, and all of a sudden you have a two-up save, um, you know, 10-wound unit doing that. It's crazy. You know, I take a unit of 10 veteran intercessors, and like Jason was saying, they just move up the table. I have an apothecary near him. The banner is usually nearby. Uh, Tigerius is making a minus one to hit if they're in cover. They now have a two up save, minus one to hit, two wounds. They have an apothecary regenerating them, and they just pump out so many shots, uh, especially with uh, G-Man's full reroll, where I did, I put six wounds on a castle in with, that, with like a unit of seven, yeah. right? Like that's after saves and everything. Uh, it was just really, really mean. 
Plus, with the veteran upgrade, they have three attacks each. You put the power fist on the sergeant, he has four attacks. He's almost hitting like a captain. Mm-hmm. And they go into things, like they'll go into a unit of orc boys. And if G-Man is nearby, they'll kill like t- over 20 orcs. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they'll kill one unit with shooting and then they'll charge another unit and beat the crap out of them in melee. Very, very good. And now I have uh, 25 sniper scouts in my list because they got uh, significantly cheaper. And when we when I played Frankie, the sniper scouts killed like two Skyweavers and like three characters in one round. Mm-hmm. It was de- it was just devastating. So, mortal um, wounds, yeah. which are an interesting part of the game. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I like mortal wounds in moderation. <clears throat> I don't like it when like when we had smite spam at the beginning of the edition. That was no one like that. Uh, but now I feel like it's it's much more reasonable. Um, and this is just going to help. It's going to help make the Marines a little bit better. And the last piece of advice on that, because we do talk about it a lot, but I know there's a ton of Space Marine players out there that are struggling. Uh, if you are playing a G-Man Ultramarines, like, quote-unquote, gun line, don't think you have to hold still. Yeah. Like, you can move the whole damn thing up the table, shooting and then charging, and it's it's extremely effective. Uh, and when you have all the layered buffs from the Banner, Tiggy, mm-hmm. um, you know, G-Man, the Apothecary, the Vicatrice the Honor Guards. The, the Honor Guards are the worst part. Yeah. Because you can't kill the characters. No. You know what I mean? Like in, in my game against Jason, uh, he did the the Oathbreaker missile on Tiggy, which is smart. The Honor Guard took it for him. One of them died, and then the Apothecary brought him back to life. Yeah. And then in combat, they're really good. Mm-hmm. So very, there's a ton of tools for you right now. And this is just one more tool in the toolbox that's going to make uh, Marines, Chaos Space Marines, that much more appealing. Yep. In other news, GW announced the new Kill Team Arena. Uh, it looks very interesting. It's a, a more competitive form of the game. Kill Team has been extremely popular. So if you're a fan of Kill Team, check it out. And then, of course, GW posted up the pictures of the new starter sets. One for Gene Sealer Colt, one for Adeptus <coughs> Mechanicus. Mm-hmm. And the models, a lot of these are existing models, but there's two new ones. Uh, Skarn, I think his name is. He's a Gene Sealer Colt uh, gunslinger. Just a brilliant model. I love it. Mm-hmm. It reminds he's like Red Dead Redemption mutant man. It's great. Yeah. No, he looks really cool. He kind of reminds me of that Privateer Press character. The, um, um, uh, Kane. Kane, yeah. the, the gunslinger hero. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think he looks brilliant. <clears throat> and then on the Adeptus Mechanicus side of things, we have a new um, Dominus character. I can't it's remember. A, it's just a, t- it's a new uh, tech priest um, variant. And he's brilliant. Yeah. I like the little, like, shh. He's, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because, yeah, he it's this guy, like, chooses his kill team as the most stealthy robots. And then it's just this big floating dude. He reminds <laughs> me of Baron Harkonnen from, from, yeah, 100%. from Dune. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it looks great. He's very creepy. And the weapons are, are not bad either on it. I don't remember exactly what he was equipped with. It's uh, He has a um, an 18-inch strength 7, AP 3, damage 3, one-shot weapon if he doesn't move. If he does move, it's a damage D3. And then he has a flamer, like that's like AP two or something like that that he can use as well. Solid. <clears throat> but they, they don't think they've re- um, they haven't put out any 40k rules for it yet, so we don't know point cost or anything like that. Yeah, but you can be confident it's most likely going to port over. It's probably um, be, it'll probably be in the white dwarf. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And then of course you have some of the other really cool uh, ninja robots from uh, Adeptus Mechanicus. Mm-hmm. So I think these are going to both be quite popular. But yeah, get excited for Kill Team Arena. Um, it looks to be the best version of Kill Team yet. Mm-hmm. And those will be going up for pre-order next week. On Saturday, yep. <clears throat> yeah, on this coming Saturday. Uh, LVO 2019 is looming. We are just weeks away. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannot believe <laughs> that. <laughs> Two weeks from today, we'll, we will be in Vegas. Always just, there's, you have all year, but it's never enough time. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So if you if we look a little bit dazed and confused, it's because we are. Everyone's been working their tails off, uh, trying to get everything prepared and ready. And uh, so far, everything's looking great, but then we wanted to do our best to get information out there. So we had a couple PSAs that we wanted to share because we're doing some new things this year, and that's always means it's a little chaotic because whenever you change the rhythm, the pattern of what you're doing, uh, inevitably there's people that just don't get the message, uh, no matter how hard you try to communicate it. But the deadline to upload your list for the 40K champs and the AOS champs is this Friday, January 25th, 2019. Uh, You're going to upload it into BCP. There's all kinds of information out there, videos showing you how to do it. Uh, Again, do not wait to the last minute uh, because if you have trouble 
figuring it out, uh, you're, you're going to be have almost no time, maybe not enough time to get it fixed. And you don't want to come into the event with a penalty mm -hmm. right out the gates. That's not fun. So, oops, God, terrain everywhere. If you mm -hmm. notice our desk is covered, this is just a fraction of the new terrain that we've been uh, kicking ass trying to get done. But uh, you want to make sure to go get it uploaded. Do it at least at least a day early. Mm -hmm. uh, that way, if you have any issues, you can reach out to the community. There's other people that have already done it. They can help you out. And looking at the roster, most people, I think maybe we're at like 50% lists uploaded. We're sending out emails every day to remind people to get your list uploaded. For Age of Sigmar, it's not a hard deadline. It's like, um, there's not going to be any severe penalties if you don't, but get your list uploaded. For 40k champs, get your list uploaded ASAP. Um, don't wait, right? Now, what this is going to allow us to do, once again, we've, we've said this, but it bears repeating, is that once the lists are uploaded, uh, the, the program is going to scan it. It'll make sure that your faction is being reported correctly because... You know, up to now, it's been on the player to, to report their fashion correctly, and sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes people try and purposely skew it because they want to get points for a different faction, which shame on you. Now, you won't be able to do that, um, and that will be a cardable offense going, for going forward. Mm -hmm. So make sure you get it done. Um, it is a little confusing the first time you do it because you have to write it in a certain format, and the reason being is that the, the, the program needs to be able to read it. And it needs markers in there telling it like what this what this piece of information means. So go ahead and get that done. Once it is done, we're gonna have incredible data coming out of the event about what people are playing, what event or what uh, lists did well, what armies are struggling, what are or maybe too powerful, and it's gonna really help give data to make the game better. And it's fun. It's like baseball, football, you know, whatever you know, kind of competitive event you like to follow cycling whatever um being able to see all that information is just really telling as to you know what the state of the meta actually is instead of just conjecture it's going to be real hard data right. so that's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to see it and then we'll publish the list too leading up to the event and that way everybody can have fun looking at what everybody else is bringing right that's going to be uh that's going to give all kinds of, 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 of really good fodder for uh, podcasts and, and bloggers to talk about like who the top players like what are they bringing if you're competing for best in faction which is what most people come to the LVO to do you'll be able to see what the other like orc players or sisters of battle players what are they bringing and it's going to be really fun to look at all that stuff in advance mm -hmm. so but in order to get over that hump uh, we got to do something new it's always a little there's a little chaos that comes with that but you know within a month this it'll just be normal like everyone will just be used to uploading their list in advance. Cool. So very exciting. Yep. Very exciting. That, that's really neat. And then one of the other cool things to talk about with BCP is that the round timer is uh, functional now. So at the event, you'll be able to look at your at the app on your phone and see how much time you have left in the round, which is going to help a lot to keep your game on schedule. Mm -hmm. Right? Because the, the hole's so big that we can't really, there's no effective way of, of communicating the time to everybody um, the, the event's grown so much that there's not even one point in the hall from which every table can see like a clock or anything like that. So uh, having that timer on your phone is going to really help players to be aware mm -hmm. of where they're at in the round. If you're 40 minutes in and you're still deploying, you need to speed up big time, right? And you can gently remind your opponent, hey, uh, we're on turn two and we're two hours in. We're way behind schedule. Like we need to speed up, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and on that note also, uh, we will not have enough chess clocks for everybody, not even remotely close. There's just too many people. So if you want to make sure to have access to a chess clock during your game, bring one. You can buy them on Amazon for like 16, 17 bucks. They're cheap. And uh, uh, so long as one of the players at the table wants to use a clock, you use a clock. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for the, the players on the top tables, it will be mandatory, as we've been saying for the past year. So just be aware of that. Just be aware of the fact that uh, uh, you may not have access to a clock. We can't, we just couldn't get enough. Like we can't buy like, you know, 600 chess clocks. Yeah. Uh, it's just not, it's not feasible. We have a lot of them and they will be available first come first serve with priority going to the, to the top tables. So please, if you want one, just grab one. They're cheap, right? You can even use one on your phone. If, yeah. You know what I mean? Get a, a chess clock app. Uh, another question that's been coming up a lot even though I don't know how, uh, is the GW Dice app legal? Yes, we've been saying that all year. 
Um, the only caveat is, is that uh, if your opponent wants to use it, you have to allow them to use it. You don't have to let them touch your property, right? That's, we don't want that, that's not our place to do that. You can punch in the data for your opponent and uh, just, you know, obviously they want to observe that you're doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, uh, it, th- that way it's fair, like there's a sense of fairness, right? Like they don't feel like you tampered with the app in some way, even though there's not very many people out there with the technical skills to even attempt that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that way it takes away any sense of like, well, it wasn't fair. They had the app. I didn't. So just be a good sport. And if you have it and you want to use it and your opponent wants to use it too, just share. Um, you don't have to let them touch your, you know, your iPad or your phone or whatever. But um, you know, whenever I go to tournaments and one person has the dice app, we always just both use it. It's never been an issue. Yeah. So and if you do like to use it, like if you're an orc player or you have some units that pump out 120 attacks that have rerolls and blah yeah. blah blah, it might not be a bad idea to invest in some sort of tablet yeah. that you can just plop down on the table and do it because it's much easier to see. It way. is. Yeah. Like if that's something that you just do regularly, you know, it's it's probably best for you to just do that. Having a tablet's fun anyway. I like it. like on your phone, you know, yeah. your little phone. You're like, look at this, and yeah. So yeah, and it's only the GW dice app is the one that we're allowing. Don't yep. come with like you know Jason's homemade dice app that only rolls sixes. Um, no, it only rolls fives. Fives. Yeah. yeah. So just it's only the GW dice app. We've been saying that all year, but um, you know I've gotten frantic emails from people who are like, I have to use the app, and I'm like, Yeah, you Good. can go for it. Do it. It's dude. a GW legal product. Godspeed, like, bro. Yeah, go for That's it. What we say. And uh, most of the time you don't need it. Like even I play orcs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I only use it when I'm doing like shooting my Ludas or something right. like that. I like to use the dice uh, tray, the cube, mm-hmm. the one that drops the dice down individually. It's all bing, 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 mm-hmm. donk, donk, and now you go one die at a time. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is the beauty, of the, <laughs> the, be- sure. the beauty of the chess clock is that if somebody wants to do that, they can. If somebody wants to micromanage the position of every single model in a 30 person unit, mm-hmm. be like, go for it, bro. Take your time. Like, really think it out. Oh, you ran out of time. That's too bad. If you're using the clocks. Yeah. But if not, you're, you're going to have the um, the round timer <clears throat> on the app, and you can easily say, hey, look, dude, it's, it's turn two. We have an hour left. Like, we could, you can only use 20 minutes per round, and yeah. I will do the same. Yeah. If someone argues with you at that point, you just call the judge over. Call the judge. Because that's, yeah, have somebody else take care of that for you. Like you, and you want to be proactive too. Um, yeah, don't don't wait until ten minutes left, yeah. and you're on round two. And you're like, hey, buddy, we better hurry up. Yeah, yeah. You want to be on point. Like if if your deployment is taking too long, make make your opponent in a polite way, make your opponent aware. And if they're really dragging, you know, they're going slowly. Call a judge. If we have a clock, we'll put a clock on the table. But again, if you want it, like if you want to be mega super prepared, and you don't want to get slow played, mm-hmm. just bring your own clock. And you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you can buy them on Amazon and get it next day delivered for nothing. Yeah, yeah they're, they're super cheap. Mm-hmm. They're super cheap. Um, so, or again, just get an app on your phone. Uh, you might run out of batteries. That's something to worry about or to be concerned of. Yeah. That's why I would I would suggest just getting a clock because the batteries last forever yeah. on those things. And but, you might not need it. But if, yeah. you, if you recognize going into a game, and we've all had that feeling of recognition when you start playing a opponent you've never played before, and you're like, this guy goes slow. Plop it out. Be like, hey, man, do you mind if I use this? You know, and if they say no, then you also call the judge over. And say, yeah, because yeah. it, it only takes one person to, to, to put the clock on the table. And the reason that we do that is because if the other person is a slow player, if that's a part of their strategy, of course, they're going to say no. Or not even a strategy. Just some people, it is their strategy, but that's definitely rare. Yeah. It's the exception to the rule. Right. Yeah. So no big deal. Just pick one up and then now you have it forever. Just in case. And, and Maybe you don't if have you're to that concerned. Around. But if you're a night player playing another night player, you probably don't need it because yep. your game's going to be over in about 45 minutes. Nice. Yeah. But, you know, like at, at Nova, when I uh, I drew an opponent, he was awesome. Such a nice guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he had a 240 model army. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I, I believe you. I trust you that you're a fast player. Like, you know, you're undefeated. We played in round four and we were both undefeated. I was like, you must be good at it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I do insist that we use a clock. And he was cool with it. I was like, I'm just looking at your army and you have so many models. I'm really concerned, but the funny part was, I was the one that almost clocked out. Mm-hmm. He was fine, so my concern was unwarranted. But it, it took away any pers- like, yeah. There was no doubt in my mind that he was playing quickly, and I was the one that had to speed up. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it just it, it takes away that sense of unfairness when yeah. you have a clock. Uh, but we've talked about that nonstop for the past two years, so I think everybody's clearly understood the point. Mm-hmm. And largely, chess clocks have been very well received by the community. 
Uh, 40K friendly, make sure to get your list approved uh, for the event by your TO. Go to the Facebook group for the event. I linked it in the show notes. Um, you can just uh, Facebook search. I think it's LVO 40K friendly Facebook group, something like that. Um, and make sure to jump in, join the group, talk to your TO, Thomas. Just make sure your list gets approved in advance. He's not going to go through, like, they're not, the objective is just to make sure that you're not bringing, like, a, you know, three-night or two-night <laughs> castellans or something yeah. to the friendly event, because that's not very friendly. I'm only only taking three-night castellans. It's not a big deal. Yeah, right? This is fun and friendly. Yeah, it's narrative-driven. Yeah. So you just want to make sure that the list is appropriate for the event, and uh, that's it. That's all he's looking for. Um, and you want to make sure to get that done sooner than later. Also, if you're in the 40K narrative event, uh, make sure to join that Facebook group. And again, I linked the uh, I linked that in the show notes. the uh, The point there is more to just be a part of the fun uh, story that's unfolding. The TO does an incredible job of, of weaving a narrative around all the people coming to play. So jump in and join that and get involved if you just recently bought a ticket. Which we do have a couple of tickets left for that event after uh, refunds. And if you missed out on the 40k champs, I think we have like three tickets left in the uh, web cart after refunds. We had a couple left. So if you wanted to come, uh, be Johnny on the spot, and you might grab one of those last few tickets. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the deadline to get ITC events uh, uploaded into BCP or to get corrections made on your score. Again, it's Monday, February 4th, 2019 by midnight Eastern time. Uh, that is the deadline. If you don't get it in by then, you're not going to see that reflected in your score going into the end of the season. And... Uh, um, yeah, and that's it. Make sure that your TOs turn it in. If you're playing an event over that weekend, just make sure to tell your TO like, hey, like you need to submit these event like these scores immediately, or they're not going to count for for this or next season. Uh, in Control TV, thank you so much for your subscription, buddy. That's twenty months in a row. Thank you, man. Uh, Zoom GG. Yeah, the GW Dice app is still not available on Android. I'm sorry. That's not something we have control over. No love for Android users. Yeah. I, I, Nobody. <laughs> I know that's not fair and it's inconvenient, but it's just, that's not something we have control over. There's I nothing we can Android. do about it. Yeah. Uh, but there's still apprehension about the Dice app. So we, we made the decision to limit it to just the GW Dice app because there's still people that feel like it's like voodoo magic and they're not super comfortable with it. But uh, like it's only the GW Dice app. If you're an Android user like myself, uh, I'm sorry, that sucks, but um, you know you can usually pick up a cheap iPad. You can find them for very little money um, if you really wanted to have access to it. <clears throat> uh, scroll up a little bit. There was a comment about clocking out. Oh, somebody uh, said that he clocked out on turn five. Turn five was really frustrating. Not a fan of how the community treats people who don't like the clocks. Um, uh, that's an interesting comment. Happy are you, are you commenting as a person who well, likes see, it or who does not like he it? He says he doesn't like it. So happy grind. Oh. Like, but listen to what you're saying, though, buddy. You're saying you clocked out on turn five and that upset you, but that means you were playing too slow, right? Like, I know it sucks to clock out. I lost a GT because I clocked out. Um, but the thing is, if you didn't have a clock, you would have played more of the game than your opponent. That's, like, objectively unfair uh, to your opponent. So it's like, do you think, it's, you think that's fair to go to the table and say, like, I get two hours, you get one hour to play this game? That's not. Yeah. And the clock, it is frustrating when you clock out, but that just means that you simply did not play the game fast enough. And it means you don't get to unfairly take time away from your opponent, which is, it's just, it's like patently unfair, right? right? Especially in a tournament setting. In a more casual setting, like do whatever you want, no big deal. But people right. are coming to the LVO to finish games, to compete mm -hmm. and have fun. And it's not fun, it's not fair if uh you get less time than your opponent that's just it's that, like playing um any kind of game it, like imagine if you got to play chess but you were regulated to five movements and then your opponent got 10 movements uh, right like it's not fair it's not it's not because they're going to have an advantage over you in winning because it's just how it goes and like you said in a in a fun friendly environment you just go to your game store hey guys who wants to play a game we're gonna play 2000 points cool like doesn't matter sit there take five hours who cares yeah in a competitive event where time is a factor, like it's inherently unfair. Yes, it, it, that's part of the game. And if you give somebody an advantage, and yeah, you can make every argument. Well, I play orcs, so it's not fair to me. Well, learn how to play faster, or yeah. don't play orcs. Or change your list. Don't go to a competitive event yeah. in a list that you cannot play fairly with. Yeah, it's not. Like, it's not fair to your opponent. Like, yeah, I mean, and of course, like everyone's going to feel victimized because it's happening to them. But what about the person you're playing against? Yeah, it's not fair to them. Yeah, what? Like, like. 
you just say like, oh, I get more time than you. Too bad. So sad. That's just clearly not the not, not that's not a balanced, fair match play experience. Yeah. Elemental Head says every time I tune in, the guy on the right gets bigger. That's because Jason's got mad gains, yo. He's been, he's been up in the gym. Getting a lot fatter. So you've been getting bigger. You've been stronger too. Yeah, that's, that's a part of it, I guess. Um, RVD, what's he saying? RVD, one Ooh. of a kind, is complaining about something. Nice. He's actually on your side this time. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, I take it back. <laughs> no, you were saying that GW and VCP hate Android. Obviously, it's not. Oh, confused. yeah. And Ooh. then somebody had mentioned that the they might have pulled the Android app, the Android version, because of some sort of EU regulation that happened. Got gotcha. Uh, the, dap, the dice app annoys me, says Euro Charisma, because having a unit that shoots 120 shots should take longer to process as a deterrent to such a crazy unit. Well, I mean, I guess, but like that's, I don't know. When we have a tool that GW says, like, we made it, we want you to use it, it's it's fine to let them use it, right? Like, that's that's just being, you want variety, right? Like, you don't want to turn people away. And if it allows people, the, the org player who thinks he needs two hours to actually play in an hour and a half, that's good. That's positive, right? Yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave Scarletta, thank you so much for the subscri subscriptions. Thank you also to JD Esquire for renewing your sub. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Erastin says, I like how Jason goes from the salty banana to thug life banana. I like it too. You know, the only reason I'm wearing the beanie is because it's I have such short hair right now. He, sh he shaved <laughs> so his hair. Yeah. I, I, I'm self conscious on the camera for some reason, but in real life, I don't care. Hey, Happy Grunt, thank you so much for subscribing to Twitch Prime yeah. uh, via the stream i can't even talk straight right now but uh again like you'll get used to the clock it takes a little bit of getting used yeah. to um, one like that thing i'd like to have seen for both the rules says correct fiasco man is units to ignore the heavy weapon penalty while moving um wouldn't be able to ignore that later yeah the, the movement penalty the, the shooting penalty for heavy weapons is kind of annoying i agree but i'd like to see well, vehicle especially on more. vehicles on vehicle it just makes so many vehicles unplayable yeah you're like oh vehicles i move i'm minus it. one to hit it's, her it's awful. It's just really... Yeah. And then <laughs> Don't get me started. We can do a whole podcast oh, on why that just is the dumbest part of the game. And then like a, a grot leaning on a land rider and now it can't shoot. Exactly. I don't, I don't like that one either. Ugh. Anyways, we can go forever on that. Nova Star, what's up? How are you doing in Oklahoma? He's on his way back to California. Is he? Yeah. Is he moving back to California? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where are you moving, Dylan? Uh, NorCal. Like way NorCal. Oh, okay. I always forget that San Francisco's not NorCal. Yeah, no, like he's north Centri of the bridge. Centricale. Yeah. yeah. North of the bridge, it's a totally different But nothing different north of land. San Francisco matters, so. <laughs> just, just humbled, cut it off. Just humbled just up there. Just move the Oregon border down. <laughs> uh, just like Australia. Okay. Uh, happy Grant. Yeah, you just got to get used to the clock. That's all. It, once Grant, you do, yeah. it's, it's so much better. Uh, Zero Charisma. There was an error with the uploader, the list uploader, but they fixed it. <clears throat> so just try again. Um, and again, it's, it's new. It's new software. It's going to take some getting used to. Um, we knew that there was going to be a little chaos surrounding this because we knew everybody was going to wait to the last minute to do it. Um, but yeah, I, the guys fixed that that error that was occurring. Uh, okay. Can we cut out the whole state of California? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There's an argument for that for yeah. sure. Well, that I would be bad. You, I agree with you. That would be bad for the country because California generates a lot of revenue for the, for the country. Uh, let's jump back to the show notes. A lot of a lot of revenue and a lot of Instagram photos. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, make sure you have your convention badge. The uh, A lot of people forget to get their convention badge. We yes. broadcast that. God. It's on every single ticket. It's and, like you have to have your con and badge. And I would say at the registration desk, the largest line is, getting your is convention always badge. people who have to go and buy their badge. Yeah. So And, and people who are already running late for an event. Yep. You yep. do not want to be waiting in line for two hours to get your convention badge because uh, that happens every year. A lot of people just don't read anything. <clears throat> And they just buy an event ticket and they think that's it. No, you have to have a badge just to walk through the door. And people are yelling and they're mad. And yeah, people always get mad. What do you mean? I'm like, dude, it's been up for years. Mm -hmm. For years. We're going like six years it's been on the site. But saying, usually, usually people are nice to us, though. We'll, we accommodate them, right? Yeah. But the, the, just you have to have a con badge to walk in. Um, I, I don't know how much more clearly to communicate it. It's all over the site. We always say it. People always miss it because they don't read anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm guilty of it too myself sometimes. I'm not trying to be condescending, but yeah, those, those door guys, man, they don't. You can't. They even, don't mess around. You can't get. You can't get into the hallway to get the, the con. You can't even come into the con if you don't have a con badge, right? Like that's just the way all conventions work. Well, I don't know. There's probably some that are free a to go lot, in, but a lot yeah. require you to have some sort of visible 
verification that you've purchased a ticket to be there. Yeah. So yeah, if, just because you bought a 40K ticket or a War Machine ticket or whatever the case may be, you still have to have a convention badge to walk in. Why do we separate it into two tickets? Because there's a lot of people that come and don't play in any events. Mm -hmm. They just want to come and, and walk around. So we have to split it up. Um, and then if you bought uh, two event tickets, and then we put the cost of the con badge into each event ticket, you'd be paying for a con badge every single yeah. time you bought an event ticket. Yeah. So the only way to do it is to split it up. Mm -hmm. It's all a cart. Uh, but yeah, you don't want to be waiting in line forever to get your to pay for your badge because that's a whole separate line that we send people over. And it helps us pay to, for the hall. That, the, that the, is the halls. The hall. There are now three halls. So um, one no, thing to mention that you brought it up is a lot of people come just to walk around. If you are a, a Vegas local or, or near Vegas, this is the year to come in if, if you don't want to play because the vendors that we have are the best. We've, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been working on a blog post. Sorry, guys. I'm super late on that. And hopefully it'll get up this week detailing every vendor that's going to be there. And this is the best year we've ever had. The biggest year in terms of who's going to be there. It's exciting. Yeah. And uh, GW actually teased in that article on the 30K models. They said that there's something so awesome coming oh. that they can't even announce it yet. And we've been dropping hints. You may or may not be able to uh, grab this amazing, exciting new item at the LVO, maybe, and it might be the uh, first opportunity to do so in North America. Wow. Uh, obviously, we already know what it is. Well, I, actually, you don't even know because it's know. like ultra top secret. But I'm not told those things. It's super, super awesome. I can't wait. Right. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to come by and just go yeah, shopping. If you're a Vegas local or just in the outskirts, man. Like it's worth it to come in and pay for the one day badge and just go see those vendors, 100%. Yeah. You can get a one day badge for like 15 bucks. It's like super cheap. And then you can walk around and do all the fun free stuff. There's all kinds of demo games and all kinds of other stuff to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, if, you, if you wanna just come and pop your head in and check it out, please do. But if you haven't got your con badge, please get it. Otherwise you're gonna be waiting in line at mm -hmm. the event. To we have a so. separate line just for that. Just for that. Mm -hmm. And it's the longest one. Uh, also, and angriest. We, we, st <laughs> we strongly recommend that you pre-reg. <clears throat> pre-reg opens at 5 p.m. on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So save yourself the hassle. Just come in, uh, check in. The vendor hall will be open. You can go That's shop. Right. Yep. That's We've never done that before. So this year, from 5 to 9, during the early registration, the vendor hall will be open. For I think most of the vendors have confirmed that they will be set up and ready to go. Yep. And it's a fun to just like hang out, shoot the breeze with everybody. And that's Thursday. And that's Thursday, yeah. Um, so come check that out. And then afterwards, we will have the GW seminar where they're gonna uh, unveil all kinds of new products. At the LVO last year, they unveiled uh, Daughters of Cain, mm -hmm. all kinds of cool stuff. And we expanded the seating area for that because last time it was like standing room only. So we've got a lot more space for people to sit nice. down to go check out the GW seminar and see what new products are out on the way. Very cool. Ooh, that's a lot. Uh, we're almost done. There's that this. is a lot, baby. Uh, also, please, we're begging. <laughs> At this point, we're begging. I'm losing. Yeah. I'm getting like carpal tunnel syndrome from painting, <clears throat> from painting terrain. Uh, if you're free any time in the next two weeks, especially this weekend, the 26th and 27th of January, if you want to come in and volunteer your time to help us, uh, we have. We're just getting over the hump. There's uh, these kits, which you're seeing right here. They're gorgeous and they're amazing, but they they take a really long time to build. And uh, we bottlenecked on them a little bit. We're 70% of the way done. Mm -hmm. We're over, like we're like 75% of the way done. But we really need some help getting the last of these kits uh, put together. And then Mariana and I have been painting them uh, and make sure to thank her because she's losing her mind doing detail work on each of these buildings. And there's hundreds of them. Uh, she's been crushing them out. So if you want to come by and help out, we'd mega appreciate it. Everyone's like building buildings in between while trying to answer emails and stuff. Yeah. So uh, we'd really, really appreciate that to help us get over that last hump. Uh, to make sure that we have a beautiful event. So um, if you can, please do. And if you come by on the weekend, 26th, 27th, we're gonna have pizza, yeah. beverages, pump some jams, tell some uh, bad jokes. Listen to some Katy Perry. Ooh. I'm ready sold. for it. Generally sold. speaking, time frame is about 10 to eight. Yeah, it's- On 10, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and we'll be here cranking. So if you wanna come by and help, we would be eternally grateful. But if you can't, if you're busy pinning your own army, we get it. Come down. Come yeah. down and hang out. Yeah. Hang out in San Diego for the day. You can go out in San Diego at night, which is always fun. It is. Yeah. The nightlife here is wonderful. Uh, but we want to show off a couple of pictures of some of the very cool Age of Sigmar tables that we've been making. They're fully themed. I'm really proud of them. They came out great. Um, we have a, a couple different um, uh, layouts. We have 
in the picture you can see the the ice snow table yeah. or realm and then we have a desert uh, version as well these look so good the pictures don't do them justice because my crappy old cell phone camera but your flip uh, phone they got <laughs> it's a razor bro pretty much um they they look awesome it's pretty much all gw terrain and some of our stuff plus some custom uh gubbins but we wanted to show these off because they look so good i don't know we're really proud of how well they came out plus scott the to has been making some uh full custom terrain sets they're amazing as one for idenf deepkin where it looks like it's like underwater oh cool yeah there's some really really cool terrain sets coming for aos and 40k this year Ooh, and that's I think people don't realize how much trains actually needed for H Sigmar to make it a fair and fun game. It's almost as much without, as 40K. without any. It's devastating. Yeah, devastating. Yeah, but it's gonna they're, they're, they're gonna be beautiful tables. I'm, I'm like this year the bar has been raised so high, like every single table is gonna look like the tables at the SoCal Open, which everyone was like, "Wow, looks so good." Oh, it's on the background behind us. Okay, it's the close up. Yeah, we're in front of a green piece of cloth. In case you didn't notice, we're not micro-sized and standing on the table with that'd be really cool because we could be yeah. fighting each other on uh True. on, I know. on people i know table. we just broke the illusion Ooh, oh know. damn it we just broke the fourth wall mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like uh it's kind of like deadpool i can see frankie from here he just <laughs> looks so happy sad looking at his emails yeah that's because we just spent thousands <laughs> and thousands of dollars on the trophies for the event Ooh. like we got the, i looked at the bill so, and yeah, i was like just, <laughs> don't worry about the the uh the uh event um the hall costs or whatever with the, the yeah. wristband costs. <laughs> yeah. That's what it goes towards. It's just all these expenses. Yeah. Ju just for the trophies. It was like, you could buy a used car for what we just spent. You can buy a really used, good used car for the the cost of the water in the, the halls. The water. You could buy a luxury you a Tesla. car. Yeah. You could get a luxury vehicle for that. Yeah. That's insane. But, uh, oh, and then yeah. just, I might as well mention it now. We are setting up a Patreon for the ITC. Um, <clears throat> and that will kick in for next season. And the reason that we're doing it is to offset it. It's become extraordinarily expensive to run the ITC and it takes a ton of time, like hundreds of man hours. And it's, it's like, and we're doing it ourselves and we, you know, we have the normal day-to-day -day yeah. business operations. Cause you know, we do the manufacturing of the mats and all that kind of stuff as a, as the actual business. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tens of thousands of dollars to run the ITC just in cash cost. Mm -hmm. If you factor in man hours, it's insane. And it's, it's become cumbersome, but like it's exciting and it's fun and we want to keep the, the ball rolling. So when we roll that Patreon out next uh, for the 2019 season, it's 100% optional. Like you do not, you, the, the ITC is free to, to participate in and always will be. Uh, this is just for people who, who like it and they want to contribute. And 100% of every penny of the money goes into the ITC. Mm -hmm. If it ever gets to the point where we're covering our costs, like we're hitting the 100% of the cost of running the ITC via the Patreon. Um, what we'll, we'd like to do is use that, that any extra revenue if it ever got to that point to then like have paid judges, mm -hmm. right? To be able to provide prize support for member events uh, and to just grow it and do more cool and awesome stuff. So, and the only reason we we're even doing it is because people have asked us. They're like, I live in you know Denmark and I like the ITC. I'd like to support it, but I can't buy product from you. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what can I do? And I was like, yeah, we can set it up. So. Just as kind of like a heads up on where we're going with that. Jeez. There are so many events what this weekend. What is going on? That's just this weekend. I know. It's, it's like half, you guys can't see what I'm looking at, but like half the, most of the entire screen is filled up by events this weekend. It's insane. Like usually this time of the year, there was nothing going on. Uh, but uh, upcoming ITC events this weekend. Just like we were talking about. It's getting massive. It's getting insane. But like one of the cool things we're doing, like the first event you see on here, it's a, a major, it's the Australian ITC Championships in, in, at CanCon, which is in Canberra. I'm sorry, I goofed that one. Uh, one of the cool things that we're doing with the ITC and one of the things the Patreon would help us to do is the person that wins the Australian ITC, uh, we're splitting the costs with um, the CanCon guys to fly them to the LVO for the next year, right? That's cool and exciting, but that obviously costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And we come right out of our pocket to do it. So with the, with the Patreon, it helps to offset that cost. And then we can do more stuff like that. Like in the future, we could fly out, you know, European, or if it got big enough, we could even do like individual countries. Like we could have the Swedish ITC champion, the German ITC champion. Um, we have our first ITC event in China coming up. What? Yeah, dude. Yeah. The, the TO just joined the ITC TO group and he's like, hey, I'm running an event in China. Well, everyone was like, that's awesome. Well, there's a dude who um, is a, that English teacher who lives in Japan that's been trying to get um, 
Japanese ITC events. No, they, they, they have a lot of events in oh, Japan because okay. it's a bunch of expats and uh, mm-hmm. military guys that are running it. Which is usually the people that are playing yeah. <laughs> the game yeah. in those countries, yeah. Um, yeah, because you played 40K when you were in Korea. I did. There was one game store in the entire country. <laughs> I swear, I swear. And and most of the the, the people that played were, were expats. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, it's cool, right? We want to keep the ball rolling and we want to make it exciting and fun and get more exposure. So uh, that's that's what that will go towards paying for because it's getting to be burden, burdensome on the company to keep yeah. footing the whole bill uh, for it. But yeah, there is like, I don't know, what is that, 30, 40 events this weekend? It's insane. And it's yeah. all over the world. Try to um, try to pronounce this English town here. Oh, give me a break. Erythlinboro? <laughs> That's probably how it is. It's War in the Warp. Earthlingboro. Earthlingboro in England. Yeah. That sounds like fun. It sounds like a hobbit town. Like <laughs> does, where you would dude. live if you're a hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Or a, some, some elf creature. That, I, that sounds more like, like an elf like forest village. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so many events coming up. Go out there, participate, have fun, get your points, get excited. And yeah, Canberra. Good luck to CanCon. And that's the capital of Australia. Australia. Yeah. See, I learned something. Yep. My uh, my cousin, uh, Nick, who is the FLG Matt rep in Australia, and he's super active in the community. He just sent me a picture this morning. He's like, all packed up, ready to go to CanCon, only a 15-hour drive. I was like, oh, no my problem. gosh, dude. 15 hours from California would get you through That would get you to, Nevada, like, Canada. Nevada, right? Get to, like, Utah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could tr- probably drive up to Seattle Gosh, in that amount of time. That's just one. Yeah, that's only such a small part of their country. I was like, Nick, you're a champion. You're driving 15 hours to go help yeah. support the event. What a stud. So if you see him at CanCon, uh, Nick, tell him hi. He's and, from the Robbins clan? Yeah. No, he's yeah, he's in uh, – My his mom is my dad's sister. Okay. Uh, he's a Todd. Mm-hmm. His dad's Scottish. His mom's American. He, he was born in England. Now he lives in Australia. He has an interesting accent. That's I was for like, sure. yeah. you've covered the whole Commonwealth, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, there's also uh, three Age of Sigmar tournaments this weekend. Nice. Uh, yeah, all over the place. And that right? used to be like three in like three months. Yeah. You'd have so. Yeah, it's it's definitely picking up. It's yeah. it's picking up a little bit slower, but there's just less people that play Age yeah. of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. 40k is at a peak right now. Uh, also, current 40k ITC top uh, five. And this is gonna about to get locked down, so make sure that you get your points and your scores in. Wow. Nick Nonavati continues to lead the pack with 764 points, huge score. He's coming in with Oryx to the LVO, and he's very excited. Uh, and Army Painter uh, helped uh, get that Army Painter. Uh, yeah, Nick is Army Painter sponsored. He is Army Painter yeah. sponsored. Nick is the first uh, pro 40K player. Now, does he have an Army Painter patch on his jacket that he, he has to should. Wear? I think, or a hat. Yeah. With patches on it? Yeah, there we go. That's what we need to start seeing. Is the people wearing jacket like Letterman's jackets with yeah. patches on it? I called it though too. I was like, I, I guarantee you, a, a smart company out there is going to see one of these players that's kicking butt, sponsor them, and then get all of the uh, recognition as a result of that. Right. Nick has really done a good job of leveraging his skill in 40k into to helping to pay for um, his ability to go to these events and do all this fun stuff. So th- we want to see this kind of continue, right? Like Nick's Nick's a nice guy. He's fun. He gets a little crazy, but that's also fun. Um, you know, he's, off the he table. He gets a little wild. He gets yeah. a little loose, but we it's... like that. We like a bad boy. He's like the wild thing <laughs> from Major League. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good movie, dude. Uh, and he's a really good ambassador to the hobby, and I think it's great. But he always had really, really crappily painted armies, so it's great <laughs> that he's sponsored an army painter. We tip our hat to you for for taking the it's risk. Perfect for them too. It is. I mean. It, it, it looks fantastic, which the the photos that I've seen painted with army uh, painter products. And Not they painted the entire army in forty eight hours. Didn't he help with it too? Yeah. They have like a video. Yeah. Of it. yeah, it was pretty awesome. So congratulations to Nick for taking that jump, kind of showing everybody that you can make a living or supplement your living uh, as a part of your supplement hobby. Supplement the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Porter from the UK is in second place. British Bulldog coming in. He is only seven points behind Nick. Like, yeah. or I'm sorry, uh, 17 points behind Nick. Yeah, which is not very much. No, it's yeah. not. Uh, not at all. The next two, though, amazing. The mm. point difference. One point. Yeah. Less than a point, actually. Or a little bit, one point, one point. So Trent Northington of the Midwest, he's on the Warhogs team, is in third place. Nick Rose uh, coming out swinging with an index army playing Gene Sealer Colt. I know. Uh, he's sitting in fourth place. And then Matt Root. Uh, also of the Midwest and former LVO judge. Uh, this year he's competing, obviously, because he's in the hunt to win it all. He has actually won the ITC before. Uh, he's sitting in fifth. And I want to give a shout-out to Malik 
uh, Armin Rubio. Just out of nowhere, man. Burst into the scene. Yep. Last minute, too. Yep. He's yeah. on Team Draco, which the, they're in the hunt to win uh, best overall team Wow. Uh, from, UK. The, from the UK. So well done to them. Uh, current Hobby Track Top 5 had a lot of movement because we had a lot of scores get put in. Uh, Derek Page, riding on his SoCal Open performance, jumps in the first place. Yeah, if you haven't seen, I'm assuming he'll be at the Las Vegas Open. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen his uh, his display for his army, man, go check it out. Find him during the event. That army is also really mean. He uses a Knight Porphyrion with uh, two, uh, he was using two Wardens. I think he switched it up. But I, I played him at the Hammer of Wrath GT and barely beat him. I just, I got a lucky, huge charge. Uh, and Scarbrand locked one of his knights in combat. That's what saved my bacon. But it's a really good army. It's gorgeous. Uh, Lou Rollins, who also did really well at the SoCal Open, he's so pumped, man. He's been sending me pictures of his army. It looks gorgeous. Uh, and Matthew Bodnarchuk in third, also super pumped to try and win the hobby track. He's also been uh, getting pictures taken of his army. He's super excited to uh, try and uh, uh, win it all. Scott Rumpel in fourth. Michael Ralston in, in fifth. And again, for the, the painting competition at the uh, 40K, I'm sorry, at the LVO, uh, we have the LVO Paint Championship, which is a separate painting competition. Anybody can enter. Um, it's separate from any of the tournaments. And that's going to be in the painting area. Uh, for the 40K champs, if you want your army to be paint judged, uh, you want to get it done before the first round, Friday and Saturday. We actually encourage you not to get your army paint judged unless you think you're in the hunt to win it. Not because we want to be mean. It's just there is way too many people. Uh, there is way, 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 way too many people to judge. So unless you want hobby track points, in which case, please, please do. Or you think you can win the LVO paint competition, you don't have to get your army paint judged. It's just too much to do. Uh, but that's going to be before the first round, Friday and Saturday. You want to get there as early as possible and make sure your name is next to your army. Obviously, we don't know who it is just by looking at it. Yeah. One of the things that's great is grab one of uh, our handy-dandy uh, display boards, which you can flip upside down, throw your mat down on top of it, and display your army that way. looks that's, amazing. That's what all of us do because mm -hmm. we don't want to build a display board. And I believe we'll have uh, some at the event yep. to sell, too. So We'll have as many as we can. They, they sell really quickly. And <clears> you can do. buy one in advance yeah. through the web cart and pick it up at registration. Mm -hmm. uh, Age of Sigmar, current top five. We got Joe Cryer continues to lead the pack. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeremy Vessier is second. Matt Pashby, our boy, he's in yeah. third. He was just in he said, Oregon. Yeah, playing. he said if he wins the event, he will have T-shirts made uh, just with his face on it. <laughs> Matt's it's awesome, just going to say Age of Sigmar champion. Yeah, I just yeah. saw them on Facebook. It was Jeremy, Matt. A bunch of those guys were playing in Oregon. Yeah. Um, they're all really good dudes. The Age of Sigmar guys seem to have fun. They're, they're, they seem to be like nice. They seem to be like the old Warhammer fantasy it is. party dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a great group. I love AOS. I, 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 one of my goals for 2019 is to play more. Yeah. Um, I, I do. I want to try and play at um, Adepticon, but I, I'm on the wait list. We'll see how it goes. Uh, James Thomas, the San Diego local. He is in fourth, followed by Emma Mangles. What is in that? Fifth. Out of Where'd she come from? <laughs> well done. That's another person that just, maybe they have, she had like, like four or five, or assuming it's a she. She must have just um, done really had well. Had like a bunch event. of events that didn't get reported until <laughs> last minute. Well, they had a couple big yeah. events just recently. So she displaced Bill Souza, who's captain of the UTC team. Sorry, well, Bill. Emma, Make we, room. We salute you. Well done. Uh, that's great. Hopefully that she'll be at the uh, LVO. You know who I don't see on this list? Mm. Vlad Nika. Yeah, what happened to our Vlad, favorite vampire? Come on, man. Or, or, uh, he, maybe yeah. he, he's just um, he's hibernating. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for his chance to strike from the shadows. Ooh, I like it. Mm -hmm. You just forged Go a narrative. Yeah. Uh, AOS Hobby Track Top 5. Sid Singh currently in first place, followed by Philip Verduzco. Mm, excuse me, I got the burps here. Josh Lara in third, Ben Nelson in fourth, and Joseph Halifacker in fifth. Can't wait to see how the LVO goes to shake those rankings up because the AOS armies are always so pretty. Yep. Really good. Shadespire, current top five. You got Mike Horse leading the pack, followed by Andrew Everhart in second. Adam Brazel in third. Brandon Ulick in fourth. Tony Field in fifth. And again, Shadespire at the LVO is huge. Yeah, um, it's going to be a huge event, right? Over it's 50 people, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be really big. Uh, very excited for that. Can't wait to see how that goes down. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell us about this recently completed FLG Paint Studio Eldar Commission. It looks fantastic. Sure. Yeah. So it's a, um, I believe, I think it's Tabletop Plus. Uh, it looks on my head. Um, it just features a very clean, clean paint job, nice, crisp highlights, 
Um, every detail is painted. All gems on everything's painted. Um, I love this paint scheme uh, just because I used to have one similar to it with my old Space Marines. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I really like the little uh, details on the Wraith units. And this is for a, um, a client in Sweden. Oh, yeah, nice. so we can. We, we do get a lot of inquiries from people internationally saying, can you do them? Yeah, of course we can. We so can, we can paint up. your models, no problem. You just obviously just have to pay for the shipping. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is a fantastic uh, commission. And if you're looking to get some models painted, whether it be an army, whether it be a custom piece, some RPG minis, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, uh, consider the FLG Paint Studio. We're always looking for new work and new talent. We are, 100%. Let's jump over and answer some questions. Ooh. Oh, oh boy. Thank you for the cheer, JC Rod7776. I see unpainted gems. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh boy. Well, I some of them some... aren't gems. They're uh, just bumps on the armor. They're yes. not actually all gems. That was part of the, the painting process. You just don't know. TBMC Kevin says uh, Archon Scari is now a full time player. Some might say pro. Ooh. I did not know that. Some. Is that is that Archon Scari? No. Who's saying that? <laughs> About himself. Self-styled professional. Yeah. Archon's guy. Well, no, Scar good for Scarry. He's a super nice guy, a really positive member of the community. Yeah. And if he's managed to leverage his, you know, ability into su supplementing or fully supporting himself, then, then good good for him. I know, like, the Tabletop Tactics guys, uh, they do the same thing. They Their job <clears throat> is their YouTube channel. Um, they're awesome dudes. They always come to the LVO. They always do really well. Mm -hmm. So can't wait to see them. But yeah, it's possible. You can turn your hobby into your profession. And that's everything we're trying to do is helping to make that possible to push it all forward. Um, yeah, that's terrain. The, the GW terrain on these um, MDF bases, cut by it just adds like so much to it. Yeah. It's just so, I mean, man. Yeah, just looking at them. Lou Bangs, thank Fantastic. you very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, behind us, I'm just now seeing it. Behind us is some of the yeah. Age of Sigmar terrain we've been painting. It looks really good. But, the, yeah, these GW buildings are a pain in the ass to build, but they look so good. They look fantastic, especially yeah. once they're based. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Down Under Network, uh, is there any way for us to watch or support that amazing Australian event, Reese? Yeah, we're going to be hosting coverage from CanCon. Thank you for reminding me. I got too much on my mind right now. Uh, but we are going to be hosting uh, event coverage from CanCon on our channel. So if you want to check it out this weekend, you can and see the best players in Australia throwing down and see who is the Australian ITC champion, who is going to be coming on over to the LVO in 2020, um, partially paid for by CanCon and us. Also, the uh, CanCon Age of Sigmar event is one of the biggest in the world. It's like 220 players. Wow. And it sold out in like a day. That's crazy. Good for them. That's really, really cool. Uh yeah, anything else? Any other questions, guys, before we wrap it up? I guess one last thing to mention, too. I keep seeing this stupid magic box thing around the internet. It's driving me nuts. Mm -hmm. If you're coming to the LVO and you think every table is going to be covered in, in, in closed ruins, you're going to be sadly mistaken. Um, most tables have maybe one. Mm -hmm. Or actually, um, excuse me, most tables have none. Yeah. About, I don't know, 30 40% of the tables have some. Yeah. Those that do, it's in the usually in the middle of the table. See, most of the tables have things like, like this. this. Most right? of our terrain is actually GW terrain. Yeah, which is not a box at all. At all. So if you're hinging your whole strategy around trying to leverage closed ruins, you're going to be a sad panda. Um, the most common table that we have, we have 60, I think, eight of our uh, city uh, terrain tables. That's the, the most common. Actually, no, that's not true. We have the most common is this one now. But uh, we have 68 uh, city tables, and there is two of the urban compacts on it, one in each side of the table. So depending on the, the deployment that you roll, you might have one urban compact in your deployment zone. Mm -hmm. That's it. You're going to be able to – I saw one guy was like, I'm going to bring 30 mortar teams and win the LVO. I was like, maybe, but – Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> first, first matchup, guy with three knights. You're like, well, all right. Sick. Yeah, I can fit six guys in this ruin maybe. Mm. So yeah, just don't like, don't get hung up on that. It's turned in. It's gotten so blown out of proportion. We've been playing with this terrain for years. It's never been an issue. And just, just make a list that it's good and that you're good with it. And talk talk to your opponent before the game starts about the terrain. If you feel very strongly that it should be played a certain way, ask. Generally speaking, I think most people say, "Okay, sounds good, dude." Like nobody really cares. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's accepted ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't, if you bring it up on the bottom around five. Then it's going to be a problem. Then you have an issue. Yeah. So yeah, the, the majority of our tables are GW terrain, really, with with like hills and trees and stuff like that. So 
um, yeah, this whole thing has gotten so just silly, but it's uh, it's not it's not that big of a deal. And if you find yourself on a table with some enclosed rooms, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And just remember that you know you want to have a, a unit that can go into those ruins mm-hmm. in some capacity, and you're fine. Uh, TBCM TBMC Kevin, my major in Northern Ontario is up to 80 players. Wow. Already that good well, for you, dude. Games Workshop events are just blowing up. I mean, man. Games Workshop in general is, is we're in the golden age. I'd easily say. Yeah. Uh, Neighbor Nation. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, Army Painter started the vid series on their Facebook page. If you want to see, it's really actually pretty funny. Nick and Adam uh, from uh, Army Painter, the ones in the videos, they're, they're very entertaining. They're very funny. Um, and they show how they did a whole Oric army in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, 40K is going crazy, says TBCMC. Kevin, any chance I could get you guys to bring terrain to pick up at Adepticon? Probably. Oh, at Adepticon? Maybe. No. Well, we don't go We don't go as exhibitors. And Not so anymore, yeah. you guys, I think right now it's just you and Frankie going. You guys would just be bringing personal items. I mean, it's, it is it's, a possibility. It's, it's, it's a heavy. possibility. Like, it depends. Like, if we fly on an airline that we can check a bag for free. Um, or if you want, you can have it shipped there. You can ship it there, and yeah. you can pick it up yourself because yeah. it'll save you a ton of money. Shipping it into Canada is expensive, mm-hmm. so yeah, just let us know, and we'll we'll try to hook you up um, and get you taken care of. It does, but uh, yeah, the bases on these we um, we cut these custom. We're gonna start selling um, bases that you can use for like the area terrain pieces that you see, and um, that will fit for buildings and stuff because mm-hmm. it just makes them so much more sturdy. And it clearly defines the boundary of the ruin mm-hmm. um, so that if you're standing on it, you get cover. It just, it makes it way easier to play these. Um, that's why we base all of our ruins. It just, it's just better mm-hmm. uh, for tournament play. So yeah, keep your eye out after the LVO. We're going to be putting some of these in the web cart that you can use for, you know, mounting buildings and whatever on. So at any rate, thank you guys for joining us for episode 624 of Signals from the Frontline. We hope you enjoyed it. We sure enjoyed talking to you. Can't wait to see you at the LVO in two short weeks. And if you're a generous and kind soul and you want to help spare our sanity, please come on by, help make some terrain. We would mega appreciate it because we still have, still have quite a bit ahead of us to get done. And it's, it's just slow going because the, as you can see, we're trying to maintain a very high level of quality. Uh, we would appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you next week. See ya.